Hey everybody, this is your host Pete here to give you guys a short message before the show. On behalf of the entire Loot Pots team, I wanted to take this opportunity to voice our support for the ongoing protests going on in my country and around the world, and to voice our support for the black community. If you'd like to hear our full discussion on the topic, you can check out this week's episode of After Dark, our usually Patreon-exclusive show, which we'll be releasing for free. Uh, we thought it was important that, that, that we made that episode available for free, and we hope that you all give it a listen. For now, stay safe, stay involved, and enjoy the show. What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 76 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friends, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And DJ. Oh, whoa! <laughs> What's up, people? <laughs> that threw me off. I gotta tell you, man, it's uh, it's all all I can muster to give you my trademark energy this week. I don't have it in me to come up with a goofy Fair, enough. Fair enough. Understood. <laughs> it's, it's been a tough week here in America. Uh, but we're here to talk about Nintendo. Uh, we're here to give you, you know, uh, a, a escape from that for, you know, an hour plus. So let's... You know, we'll start the show, uh, as we always do, by talking about what we're playing this week. But before that, let me just welcome you to the podcast, uh, LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast, where we get together and talk about everything that's going on in the world of Nintendo, which these days is uh, not, not too much. Not too much. But we do have some fun stuff to talk about this week. So uh, uh, we'll get into that in a second. But if you want to support the show, remember you can give us a like on your audio platform of choice. Subscribe to the RSS so that you catch our uh, show when it goes live every Monday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you want to get some more content from us, remember you can head over to LootPots.com where we have our news and reviews. You can join us over on YouTube.com slash LootPots where we have all kinds of great video essays and Twitch.tv slash LootPots where we're regularly streaming. Um, took a bit of a break this last week, but, um, you know, I, and I, Lord knows if we'll be back next week. But if not, you know, um, we'll be back to our regular, regularly scheduled streaming uh, pretty soon. So uh, if you enjoy... You know, some variety streams on Monday with Steve. We're doing Mario Kart usually on Sundays with Danny. And then uh, Thursday, DJ and I have been streaming some Animal Crossing. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley and you haven't checked it out already, we hope you'll come join us. Uh, and then remember, if you want to be part of the community, you want to get your thoughts right on the air, you can uh, write in to me at p.loopots.com. Join us on our Discord. Hit us up on the Podcast channel. And uh, last but not least, if you want to go above and beyond to show your support for the show and what we're doing here at Loot Pots, you can head over to Loot Pots, or I'm sorry, patreon.com slash Loot Pots, where if you support us at that $1 level, you'll get access to our patron-exclusive show, After Dark, uh, which this week we actually are going to have a very special episode that will be free. So if you've never checked out After Dark, uh, this will be a great opportunity for you to give it a listen. So with that, let's talk about what we're playing this week. I have only been playing Persona. Um, which is not a Nintendo game, and I've already talked about why I like it and what's good about it. So just, I'm gonna just I'm an gonna update. Where, where are you? Where are you though? Uh, okay, so I am on the third palace. Um, okay. I just recently had. Is that the uh, bank one? How many yes, are there? It's the okay. bank just, one. I know you. There are eight. Okay. All right. I know you said yeah, that. So I'm I'm r- getting to about halfway, mm-hmm. but like I'm probably i'm probably halfway through that palace Mm -hmm. and then the next one will probably be like another like 10 hours or whatever so yeah i'm I'm probably 15 hours away from the middle of the game i I found that after that palace i needed to do a lot more of the social building in order to even get like anywhere in the in the next palace 
Hmm. Oh, I've been, I've already been doing that a lot. Okay, because I did hardly um, any at that point. I was like, oh, I just want to rush through, do all the palaces, and then I ended up like being way too underpowered to be able to go into the next palace, and I had to go back and do the social stuff. That's the mm-hmm. game's version of grinding. Is like all this social um, stuff. Or mementos, I guess, is is the okay. grindy bit. Yeah, well. it's like you grind by either doing mementos or just by like if you go between floors in a palace, um, enemies respawn. So it's like it's pretty easy to grind out levels if if you're having problems with the enemies. But um, what Steve's talking about going and doing the social stuff, those things uh, give you like all kinds of different special skills that you can only unlock by developing relationships with certain characters. Um, so that's like a huge part of the game for sure. And like, I've been trying to do that whenever the opportunity presents itself, you know? So there are a couple characters who like, particularly, um, Sojiro, An, and Ryuji, who are like the first two people who join up with your group. Um, both, I have all three of theirs, like closer to maxed out than not, um, without really even like making an effort to do that, you know? It's just like whenever somebody texts me and is like, oh, do you want to hang out? I'm like, yeah, sure. I just wanted to chill um, with the teacher all the time. I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, where is this going? <laughs> this went oh, over my yeah. head, but I can only imagine. <laughs> it's uh, it's something. It's something, DJ. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Uh, that's, that is a storyline that you should explore because <laughs> it is weird. You, you get a you get a really good uh, skill like you or a perk from from that too, so it's worth doing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time with it. I definitely haven't been playing games that much this week. Mm-hmm. I've been like ha- kind of struggling to um, I don't know, like get excited about things like right now and. Persona is like I'm really into it and it's fun, but a lot of it is kind of heavy yeah. and like there's a lot of dark themes and a lot of like people being taken advantage of and like all this stuff that I'm just like I just don't this is heavy right now and I don't need this. So mm-hmm. I spent most of my week like in my free time I was like watching uh the new the Ducktales reboot that they did. <laughs> I was just like this is good. This is what I need right now. Yeah, it's understandable. <laughs> it's just like. You know, low like low stakes. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, what about you guys? What have you been playing? Uh, I've been uh, mainly playing Bioshock uh, this week. So I I did end up picking up the collection. I think last week I said I wasn't sure. I was going to wait for reviews to see if it was a good port or not. Um, and luckily, this, unlike another port we'll talk about later in the episode, <laughs> was a good port, and it's been absolutely flawless. It's It runs so well, it looks so good. Uh, I'm o- yeah. I've only played Bioshock 1 so far, but uh, I, I understand that 2 and Infinite look just as good and perform just as well, and I'm having an absolute blast with it. I've forgotten a lot of the story of Bioshock. I mean, everyone knows, really, I think at this point, the the kind of end of the game. Um, yeah. But you kindly, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just great. I I love it so much. I'm ha- having an absolute blast with it. I'm currently doing the weird like um, art installation for that guy. Um, so I'm in, like I'm in like Poseidon, and I'm like going around killing everyone and taking photographs of them, so he can put them yeah. up on his art display, which is really weird and twisted. But uh, so it, it's great. Morbid. <laughs> it's it's just yeah, it really is. But Raptor itself is just an absolute 
like beautiful space um and i kind of always loved like a, a post-apocalyptic game like, you can see that it's just been torn apart by all the splices and stuff and um i, I really like that so uh, yeah i'm having i'm having a great time with it it's been fun watching you stream that yeah you did that on monday right mm-hmm. i did yeah um, I don't know if I'll be streaming any more of it on, on Monday or if we're taking a break. But um, but yeah, I, I started again on Monday because I didn't want to give anyone any spoilers. So I've played the beginning of that game now probably like four times just like <laughs> over the many consoles I played it on and also uh, for the stream now. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I want to pick it up, but I also am just like, just play it on PlayStation. You already bought it again. Like, just play it there. Not yeah, I can I can understand that. But I've been playing it a lot I handheld, can... like just laid down on the sofa, just chilling, playing it handheld, which has been nice. Um, and like McCall like has been like able that. to just like watch TV while I'm playing uh, playing a bit of Bioshock, which is good. But I do get it. If you've already got it and you can play it in 4K on a PlayStation, why wouldn't you? Especially as it's right? just had like a HDR update, which I think does some minor improvements to the game. So mm-hmm. it's probably worth just playing it on there if you've already got it. Yeah, like I already bought the collection and restarted Bioshock like when it came out and was yeah. like, oh man, this game's so good. And then something else new came out and I was like, oh, I'll come back. Yeah, oh, that's I, the I problem. To, I need to play it. I have to play. I picked up. I picked you up. You never the, played Bioshock? I, no, no. I got the collection by accident because I was like boycotting the Borderlands collection. I was like, "Fuck that download size! Freaking sucks!" So I was gonna just call it quits on Bioshock and Borderlands, but I forgot Bioshock. So, but apparently it's not that bad. The the uh, download sizes, right? Yeah. So if for Bioshock one and two, it's about seven gig download each, That's and then for bad. the for Infinite, it's fourteen gigs, I think. But you, because you can download them separately, you can always delete the if you need the or space, like you can delete it, yeah. the previous ones when you mm-hmm. download the next one. So it's not been too bad. But like Borderlands was like forty some gigs or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, it's a lot yeah. more content for one thing, though. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, but about like my Switch can't even hold that. You know what I mean? So, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you not got an yeah, SD card like, for your Switch? No, I, I do, but like it's it's kind of getting full and it's a 128, you know? And, and mm-hmm. when you get to that price or more, like I would love a 512, but they're expensive, you know? Like that's like a whole Plus other you game. transfer almost. everything over and it's like it's a pain in the ass. So it's like an inconvenience. I mean, just if we could fit stuff on cartridges, that would be great. <laughs> See, I had that same issue you have. I only have a 64 gig card because I cheaped out when I got my Switch and I've never bothered Ooh. to upgrade it. So I ended up deleting all of my screenshots and videos, all of them. They're all gone now. That so sucks. Every single one. Uh, and it is, it, it does suck because like uh, I've lost the screenshot and, uh, and that me- like kind of memory of when I first beat Zelda. And yeah, like, why didn't you uh, put it online? I know I should have or backed it up or something. I mean, yeah. they're probably on my Twitter somewhere because like I publish pretty much everything that I take that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but I don't have like the original files anymore on my yeah. on my Switch. That sucks. So, <laughs> on your on your list here, you also have Uno. I'm yeah. not I'm not interested in hearing about Uno. <laughs> well, the reason <laughs> Uno's the reason Uno's on there because I really wanted to get. Um, Clubhouse <laughs> Games because I found out Uno's in it, right? Okay. But I've played now the Clubhouse Games free demo that came out uh, today as of Sorry, recording. real quick, let me interrupt. I'm going to pull this question from the Mailpots. Fowlers asks, what are your opinions on Clubhouse yeah. 51 Games? So I was really excited about it because I'd seen all the reviews. It got like an 81 on Metacritic. It seemed really good. Damn. But So they did a demo and it's got, it's got four games. It's got Connect 4. It's got slot cars, a card game called President, which I've never heard of, and Dominoes. 
That's a weird and I list played, for a demo. It's a really weird list. So I played three of those. I haven't played President because I had no idea what it was and I was not interested in learning a new card game just to talk about it. I don't think I'm getting this collection having played it now. It just it's it just doesn't feel really to me like good value. Um, I know people say that that's not the case, but to me it's just like a lot of the games, when you look at them, they're really, really small games. Like I could just get a piece of paper out to do dots and um dots and lines to fill in the boxes and stuff well yeah the point is that you don't have to anymore the fun uh, a part of the fun for me is playing those games in person and i know a lot of the uh, the moment a lot of people can't play those games in person you can play oh, them yeah. online and that's probably a huge appeal for it but i'm fortunate enough to live with my partner and we play board games and we play cards fairly frequently like we were playing cards earlier um and i've played uno uno for two people not so great because half of the cards don't do anything so don't recommend that yeah. one <laughs> but but you know i play cards and i could play dominoes and things like that a lot of the games are old the ones i did really want to try on in the demo like um bowling for example that one looks mm-hmm. good there's that like shooter game that looks really good the tanks one so some of those I'm, i may be more interested in if i look into a little bit more but at the moment i don't think i'm going to be getting the collection i've the game i really wanted uno i've just bought it for like three quid and it <laughs> saves me yeah. <laughs> saves me having to buy the whole collection <laughs> yeah I think for me like i i was never super jazzed about this like i like i get i get the appeal of it but it's just i don't i don't know like no it's like good um, and bad was, timing right like yeah there's other stuff to play like you're playing persona i'm playing xenoblade spoiler um but like yeah like it's a great time to have something like that but at the same time it's it's not because there's so right. much else to play. I think it's the kind of thing where like if I if if the next time there's like a big summer sale or something, it's like twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, all right, cool. I was say. I'll snap it up for that. But like right now, it's like I'm not going to spend sixty dollars on that. I'd rather, you know, buy one of the other games that I didn't play in the last couple of years and do that. You know, yeah, I got all three Bioshocks for the same price that they're asking for um, for Club S games. And to I'd me, that's a way better value. Or I can get yeah. the I can get the Borderlands collection for the same price. And it's like, why wouldn't I get those at the moment instead of this? And I I get it that the playing with your kids and playing the mini games and stuff is fun. But I really just wish because I've been playing more Mario Party as well this week. Uh, and I went onto the mini game screen, and it just fits on one screen. It's ridiculous how few mini games they added to that game when you compare mm. it to the other ones. I just wish they would have invested the time into adding more to that game rather than like clubhouse games and i know it's completely separate teams and i know it's a completely separate yes. thing but you could have they could have easily pulled over some of the mini games that are in like clubhouse games like the tanks one for example would have been awesome in mario party stuff like that i love the tank game in uh, mario party 2 or 3. yeah yeah two, two. um yeah yeah so yeah i don't know i just feel like there are better ways you could spend your money frankly uh, or like I know like I think last week I talked about how I was I had played Sea of Thieves I played that again like once this week um, it's like you, for like a buck you could go get Xbox Live if you have PC or not Xbox Live uh, Game Pass or something like that like I just feel like there's so many games you could be playing right now like Valorant like it's really easy to get a beta key for that like there's so many cool things popping off like I don't know. Or go play Final Fantasy or something. Go play something cool. Like, or even play- Xenoblade like TJ's playing, you know? Yeah. It's like we've just had yeah. like a, a huge drop of massive amounts of games on the Switch and then this comes out and it's like, oh, okay. Nah, whatever. So TJ, uh, speaking of which, you're playing Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. You said, uh, I think it was on our Discord, you said that it is now officially one of your favorite games of all time. 
So does that mean that you played three hours of it, or what's going on? <laughs> I'm I uh, I'm close to the end. Um, Did you leave the plateau? Oh. I I left the uh, proverbial <laughs> plateau. I'm off the plateau. <laughs> um, yes, I'm I'm close to the end. I'm on the last chapter. Um, damn. How long is it? So I, I'm hearing conflicting things. I can't believe that you beat this game. I, That's I'm so close. weird to me. It seems such a like. Uh, Zero Blade has always seemed like such a like obtuse, like <laughs> fucking like spreadsheety JRPG to mm. me, and the fact that you of all people were like, "This is my shit." I don't. <laughs> I, I'm so confused. So here, like, I'll I'll give you I'll give you a quick a quick break. Give me the pitch. Yeah. So, Why should I play it? Here's the thing. My thing. I love JRPGs. I'm down for a good JRPG. Half the time, I can't like grasp whether it's combat or I end up going into a fight and I just get bodied and I have no idea why I'm like, I'm like a decent level. Like I thought my gear was pretty good and I just can't grasp it. But Xenoblade, the, the uh, definitive edition, I, I couldn't imagine a different game from Xenoblade two. Seriously. It's an, it's an action RPG, right? Like, it's yes, not... exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's definitely a JRPG. You know, you have your arts and, you know, you have this party and experience and grinding and all that stuff. But it's way more action RPG to me that it just, like, clicked right away. And I was like, this is awesome because it's way more simpler than Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And where Xenoblade 2, you you have all these... It was It's like Pokemon. You're going in and collecting blades and they're, like, people. But the first one, it's really focused around one blade. And it's way more, it's way easier to grasp. Um, and this is one of the best stories in a game that I have ever experienced. Like, Plus you get to period. see sexy, sexy shirtless Shulk, right? I'm running that right now, actually, yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah, actually all of my people are shirtless except for the Nopon because they're like pets. Um, or like furry <laughs> things. <laughs> so they wear clothes. They, yeah, well, you, you can run, it's like the slick oil or something is what makes them like shirtless. Um but you could run that on the Nopon. It just, you know, obviously it's not the same effect. Um, but damn, like, this is a game that everybody should play. It is, like, amazing. It's a masterpiece. I really don't think you're going to sell me on it. I really don't. I don't think I'll like it, no, but I, I, I like, want to try it. So uh, I what, what, like, what puts you off of it? It feels generic. Like, like in terms of it, story or gameplay or... Both? The way it looks, the way it plays yeah. to me. It's and just, like, I look at it and I'm like, that could be a Final Fantasy or anything. It could be yeah. anything to me. That's, that's I think, the, the thing that's always been a barrier for me with it. Is that, like, I look at it and, like, it kind of reminds me of... Like, like, if you told me... If I had no idea... Like, if Shulk wasn't in Smash, right? If I didn't know what Xenoblade was and you were just like, here's a screenshot from it. What do you think this is? I, I could be like, uh, maybe it's Final Fantasy, maybe it's like dot .hack, maybe it's like uh, mana, like, I don't know, like, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like it, it might as well be any JRPG, whereas, you know, um, even something like Fire Emblem that, like, before Three Houses I had no connection to, I feel like Fire Emblem had more of a... Um, the The voice of it was clear to me in terms of, like, what what is it and what it's about and what is the moment to moment like and like how does it feel you know um and I, I feel like even when I wasn't a fan I could understand it and I could see how I could relate to it whereas this just feels like so many of those like 
action RPG, JRPGs that like have been around since like the PlayStation Two, you know, or just like mm-hmm. so many of them that like aesthetically, I have no... absolutely. But you kind of have to jump in and say, even even if this were a Final Fantasy, even if this were a Fire Emblem, it's still good. You know what I mean? Like Two gave it more of an identity. Like that, I think I can give to Xenoblade Two. But I think Xenoblade 1 is an overall better game. I think it is a unique gameplay experience. Aesthetically, it definitely looks like a Final Fantasy game. I would definitely give you that. But um, damn, dude. Like, it's far from a generic JRPG in every okay. way. All right. All right. I, d- I All doubt right, you'll man. pick it up. But if you did, you would have to get over that hill. And there was, like, um, pre-existing thoughts about it. Or, you know, I mean, you've seen screenshots, I'm sure. So it's not, like, pre-existing, but... You just have to like play it, and then you would understand. You know yeah, what I mean? It, it's yeah, yeah, I do. Because it's not that I have like a bias against it. Right. It's not like I'm like fuck it, I don't want to play it. It's just like I've never seen a trailer or a clip or anything that made me have that moment of like, oh, I gotta try this. You know, yeah. or like, it's really in the story me. and the gameplay, and the story obviously, you know, they can't really show much because it's a spoiler. But um, you're, damn, you're dude. also the first person I've ever personally known that's gone to bat for it. Cause like that was something with me for Fire Emblem that an easy way to get me through the gate is that one of my best friends is a huge Fire yeah. Emblem fan and has been like asking me since Awakening to be like try Fire Emblem. I think you'd really like Fire mm-hmm. Emblem, and I just never did. And then I committed to I'll try the one on Switch. I'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. So it was like I'm gonna give this a shot no matter what. You know. Whereas, like, no one's ever come to me and been like, you need to play Xenoblade. And I don't even feel like there's a huge, like, fan base around it that's like, Xenoblade is the, you know? Because there are games that I have no connection to that I know people love and people go to bat for. And I just have never had that conversation. It's a, it's a small community, especially in the U.S. Because the original, was, had, they had some weird publishing deal with GameStop and mm. nobody was able to get it. So, so now I'm kind of like, all right, maybe I'll give it a shot. Maybe now, maybe this is how I get in, just like Fire Emblem. You it's know? versatile. And then like, I'll be like, game of the year, Xenoblade. <laughs> it's versatile. You don't have to put 100 hours in it. Like, I'll, I'll probably at the end, unless the end is like 20 hours long, which it certainly could be, I'll probably get close to 40 hours. And then I'm okay. done with the main that's story. A good, that's a good uh, length for me. That's yeah. reasonable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll play it soon because i i'm playing a lot of jrpgs in 2020 so i after persona i feel like i'm gonna need a break yeah it's gonna be the it's gonna be the last of us it's gonna be your break at the end of this month that's true uh, yeah and then ghost of tsushima mm-hmm. but i think that's gonna i'm gonna like transition into like uh like i'll be i'll shift between them the same way i have been with far cry where i'm like i want to play a video game but i don't want to read a novel right now so i'm gonna play far cry yeah <laughs> You have to like cutscenes to like Xenoblade too. Unfortunately, Xenoblade one as well. I really, really, I just can't do it. I, I, probably, I yeah, what I do with a cutscene. Like this is what I do with a cutscene. Yeah, I just scroll yeah. through Twitter all all the time. I just I can't bring myself to do it. I just I ignore I ignore it and I just look at look at my phone. and that's where all the story is is in the cutscenes. He you, said as <laughs> he said, even though The Last of Us is one of his favorite games of the all time, The Last of Us is right? incredible. Okay, there yeah. are quite a few cutscenes in that, but not to the extent. That's the whole fucking game. Are you kidding? No, me? I, I know what you mean. I know what you, you you get over a hump, and like that was There's like me. I hate cutscenes. Things to do in the cutscenes, right? There's like quick time events, and and that's enough to keep me with my hand on the controller. 
like the fact that I might die if I don't slam the X I mean, there's, button. There's a lot of there's a lot of pre-rendered cutscenes in those games too. I'm just all I'm saying, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying it's fine. It's fine if you feel that way. It's just funny because you and Pixel always are like, I hate cutscenes, I hate cutscenes. But then you're like, one of my favorite games is The Last of Us, and he's like, one of my favorite games is God of War. And it's like, <laughs> right. Those have a lot of cutscenes. So what you're I know, saying, I know where you're you, coming from. The though. real thing is that you hate bad cutscenes. You yeah. hate cutscenes in yeah. games that mm-hmm. are not where the story is not worth paying attention to. Okay. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you're and picky. I'm with you I'm sure there. You're picky, and that's fair. I'm totally with you there. Yeah. It's just like we need to demand more from our from writing in video games. You know, it's like in games with a good script, I like cutscenes. And that's you know? this. This has. Ugh. This this is one of the best stories in a game I have ever seen. It's so not generic JRPG story. All so right, please okay. give it give it five. Here's the thing. Here's my final pitch. Give it five hours. If you're not hooked, you put the game down. Let me uh, borrow your uh, copy. Uh, yeah. I gave The Witcher five hours, so maybe I should give Xenoblade five hours. I gave Fire Emblem five minutes though, and I really need to get mad. <laughs> Such a scumbag, too. Like you've been telling me you would play it. It's almost been a year since it came out, and you still haven't gotten past the tutorial. Do you know? Maybe I'll go back to it and I'll get to the tutorial, and then later this year I'll be like, "Do you know what, guys? This is my game of the year. Like I just absolutely love it." And you'll be like, "No, you, you can't put will. it as your game of the year because it's it came out last year." I'll break the rules and I'll let oh, you. Oh, I bet you will, yeah. <laughs> but no games came out this year. It's fine. <laughs> when we get to the game of the year, when we get to the game of the year conversation, there's going to be like what three games in contention as of right now. Yeah. Can I put Bioshock on there? Does that count? Even though they're like 13 years old. No. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you can give it like an honorable mention, I guess. Then Xenoblade doesn't count either. That one's off. That one's off the table. Oh shit! Wait. Okay, maybe you. Do. Yeah. Maybe we have to let you. I'm fucked then, because that that would be my <laughs> choice right now. Unless Paper Mario is a fucking the, masterpiece. It's one of the like three games. <laughs> hey, we got like sixty out. Mario games coming still, so don't worry. We'll see. <laughs> I hope so. But then they wouldn't count either. So. Well, no, because it depends. Are if they... it's a remake, it does count. Like if it's Resident yeah. Evil Two style, like... they've started from scratch and it's in like the Odyssey engine, then it definitely counts. If it, but Xenoblade doesn't, even though they this... reworked the the combat. And... No, it does not count. No. Oh, they reworked the combat. Yeah, a little bit. They streamlined the combat. Oh, that's like saying Persona Five the Royal menus. is a totally new game. It's not. It's the same it's game. It's a fine they just added line. Some patches in. This Does is going to be a rough year. Be allowed to compete. We need to have a whole conversation, and maybe we should like we really get, get the listeners about in on what this. the criteria yeah. are. Of like, <laughs> we need a what poll. What is actually allowed to be voted on for Game of the Year? <laughs> we need Ram to put together like one of one of his essays. You know, when he did the uh, the pitch for Mailpot. For the Mailpot. Yeah, we need we need like, him Ram, to write it. <laughs> Ram, if you're listening to this episode, can I please have a ten page document that ident- like outlines what games are allowed to be in contest for game of the year please we defer to you <laughs> an impartial third party here <laughs> and we are almost a half hour into the show baby <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which let's jump into the news uh the big piece of news is we got a new trailer uh for <clears throat> pokemon sword and shield isle of armor expansion and uh there's some some good new bits in it uh we got a look at uh, Galarian Slowbro, who is a poison type and has like a shelter gun on his arm, which is pretty cool. Uh, actually, that 
I'll pull this question out of the mail pot. Trendy Brandy asks, is Galarian Slowbro all you could have hoped for? It's whack. No, it's, it's, I don't Damn, like it. DJ, DJ coming with the fire. It's whack. Yeah, it's whack. Um, the I typing's cool. He's, yeah, I like the typing. Uh, Poison Psychic is, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, wouldn't say it's whack, but <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't love it. I think I'll, the, I'll the, the pink and purple one looks terrible. It genuinely looks like he's got frostbite on his ears. It's awful. He's yeah. poison, bro. Well, may, yeah, maybe, but it doesn't. He's got look poison, like poison welling up in his brain. Yeah, That's not like... what it should have. The the trailer shouldn't have opened up with that because we got way cooler Galarian forms and two new Pokemon like kind of reveals, even though we knew about them. Um, we got their yeah. official names, so like it just in comparison to what else we got, whack. I think that's fair. I'm excited to see what the Galarian Slow King looks like in full because we still don't know. I hope it's better than Yeah, this. that's that's fair. Yeah, cuz Slow King's better than Slowbro anyway. Yeah, like he's all right. I don't I don't hate him as much as you guys seem to, but <laughs> I uh, as much as I I love Slowbro mm. and not as good. Defensive as good. machine. It reminds me of I was like disappointed in Mega Slowbro too cuz I'm just like this just isn't as good as regular Slowbro. Yeah. We don't need yeah. this. Fair. Uh but like you said, we did uh we got like a lot a lot more detailed look at the landscapes. Which was tight. Um, I'm I'm really excited about this. Like it, you know, it's so close, and I haven't really been thinking about it as something that I've been looking forward to. Um, just because it's like, okay, cool. Like it's more of this thing that I liked, I guess. But it like feels like significant. You know, like it feels like there's a lot of different like biodiversity, and like I'm really interested in seeing how big this map actually is, and like how much area we're going to get to explore and how much bigger is it than the wild area that we're used to. Um, plus, we got another look at the, you know, at, at Kaiju Blastoise, which is always going to make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the trees? The trees look great. They do look a lot better. People are going to stop <laughs> complaining about those trees after Final Fantasy VII now too, you know? <laughs> what were they complaining about the trees in Final Fantasy VII for? No, they were talking about how uh, in Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, a lot of the background textures are not good. Like, they're very low quality compared to, like, the character models. And, like, uh, people have kind of been like, oh, man, like, we get Pokemon shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah. uh, Yeah, I think this looks good. I'm I'm excited for this. I'm I'm down to get back into Pokemon, and I'm interested to see how this is going to shake up the meta and everything. And, like, DJ and I have been talking about, like, maybe, like, doing raids on stream and, you know, like, trying to get the community involved and stuff again. So, um, I'm hoping that this is the opportunity for me to, like, actually commit to doing – because I, like, set myself up perfectly for breeding and everything and then was just kind of like, eh, I don't really want to. eBay ditto gang? <laughs> I already got one. <laughs> <laughs> Blue uh, eBay ditto gang. <laughs> But the, the but new like, Reggies look great, by the way. Yeah, I love the new, I love the look of the new Reggies. I love the new birds. Um, Damn, looks good. The, the new Reggies names are a little weird. I agree. Uh, yeah, those are whack, but they look good. Yeah, Reggie Alecki and Reggie Drago. Not it great. It doesn't flow like Reggie Rock. Not great at all. Reggie Ice, Reggie Steel doesn't doesn't flow as well. But no, still. But cool. their designs are great. Yeah. Um. So yeah, in general, like I. I'm down, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I've, I've been excited about this as a move for them as like a pivot for what, um, you know, 
like what they're gonna do from now on rather than doing like a cheap remake or a sequel game or whatever like i like this as a move and now that it's imminent i'm like actually getting excited for it i hope it's good that's like a week after next right well i mean next week when this airs 17th yeah which is nuts because now I'm thinking about how I have to juggle this and then Last of Us and then Ghost of Tsushima with Persona. That's why I'm like, steamrolling Xenoblade because I got to be done before the 17th. And I'm like, and this is the stupid shit I'm worried about, right? Like this, yeah, is like, oh god, I have too many video games to play. What a what a problem. Usually there was like the summer lull, but this year it seems that all the games, because of the delays, have been like pushed into the summer. Yeah, and so that we had mm-hmm. nothing at the beginning, and now it's like all jam packed in with like June, July. Yeah, we had a spring lull instead. <laughs> Reminds me of when we were kids and like remember remember when you were growing up and like seventy five percent of the year new video games didn't come out, like at all? Yeah, you it know? was like Christmas was... was like the only time I ever got anything when I was a kid. It was like fall to Christmas. Yeah. It was like when games came out. Like maybe something would come out in August, September, but then it would be like October, November, December is when video games mm-hmm. come out. And then you get all the games that you're gonna play for the next year. <laughs> yeah. So you have to make your decision like really, really well. It's like what you want a Santa to bring you. See, and I, I feel like a scumbag saying this because I know you both have siblings. I didn't usually have to make choices. It would just be like, okay, cool. Like, I'm, I'm, I was not only the only child in my family. I was the only young child in my extended family. Wow. So it was like, okay. You got everything. Here are all the games I want. Mom and dad <laughs> get these. Aunt and uncles will get these. Damn. Grandma will get me these. Other grandma will get wow. me these. And like, I, dude, I, I, I made out like a fucking bandit on christmas like the and then my birthday was two days later yeah i get the birthday like three days later thing but usually like my parents didn't have the most money so it was like a reason to go oh this is a christmas and birthday thing off fairly often you get the lump in yeah 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 god bless my family did not do that like they did not screw me over with that they always tried to like make my birthday feel special because like i never got to really have a party i never got to never get you never get a party because like all the schools are out i know it was it just sucked it really really sucked so my family, we would always have like a small family party and everybody would just give me a ton of gifts in those like two to three day window. And like I would always get probably 90% of what I asked for, you know, and I, and I didn't wow. like ask for an unreasonable amount usually, you know, but it was just like, hey, these are the video games I really want. Here's a few like regular toys, I guess, when I was younger. But like from the time I was like probably seven, it was mostly just like I would like video games, please. <laughs> <laughs> going back i don't always i don't always be like a mad dash on like okay everything's open we ate breakfast great i'm gonna go play whatever playstation game i got until it's time to go to grandma's and then i'm popping something in yeah, the game boy <laughs> no we we never got to do anything before we went to like uh before we went to my granddad's house it was always like open presents right now you've got to leave it all here while we go see uh, go see your granddad and then we could come back and play it so like it was torture we all knew everything we had and just wanted to play with it yeah and like one year i got my game boy color and i was allowed to take it to my granddad's because they knew my granddad had got me a game for my game boy color so i had like nice. nothing and then i got to my granddad's house and i got the game from him so i was like really excited they always like that was always fine like my family was because ne- i was like i wouldn't usually like avoid spending time with people to play a video game it would be like okay, cool, like, everybody's sitting around, like, doing nothing or whatever. I'm going to sit here quietly and play my game at that point. 
Um, but I, I remember one year specifically where like I had gotten Spiral the Dragon two, and I was so hyped for it, and I was like trying to play it, and I had to keep getting up to like get on the phone and be like, "Merry Christmas, love you, bye." Like <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to play as much as I could before we had to get in the car and leave. Then I was like, "Fine, I'll play Pokemon Silver." All right, fine. <laughs> like it's a bad thing. Maybe- fine. I think that would have been the same year. But either way. (laughs) This is what a tangent. All right. So this looks good. I'm excited for it. It's got me feeling nostalgic. I'm ready to catch the legendary birds all over again. I I want to know, like, did did DJ see that they're doing a physical version in Korea? Are you going to be importing the physical edition of the expansion (laughs) from Korea to go add to your collection? Oh, yeah. If it looks Uh, good. He's already ordering it. (laughs) It looks it looks pretty cool. I don't know if they're going to be doing it elsewhere. I would imagine so. I just I just posted you a link in the chat, but um, oh. it's like very colorful. The Pokemon looks cool in Korean. There was one other thing I wanted to call out, um, which was that uh, Cerebi called out that uh, there was a new TV commercial that had been released, and it doesn't have much information, but it also showed that Skarmory was going to be returning to the Island of Armor, Armor, and Skarmory is one of my favorite Pokemon, so that is... That makes sense. His whole fucking body is steel. <laughs> Dude, he's a, he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Love him. So, uh, we'll obviously be talking a lot more about the Pokemon expansion when it comes out. I know we're going to be streaming it and stuff, so uh, keep it tuned. We'll talk more about Pokemon soon, I am sure. All right, so next up, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition sales have doubled the Wii version. Which is ridiculous, um, but not. I mean, it's it's weird because like you always think that software should be selling more on Wii because of the install base, but nobody bought bought games on Wii. They bought Wii Sports and then well, they didn't even buy Wii Sports. It came with Wii Sports, but yeah, right. Yeah, you know, it's like you bought the game and it had, you bought the console. It had the pack in, and then like yeah. most people are just like, oh, bowling. This is my bowling yeah. machine. This is great. It, but especially like- Xenoblade, especially Xenoblade, because. At least in the U.S., you know, I think it was it was published normally in the U.K. I think, right? It was like a typical you can go. to I know you're asking me. I was it. like, I was like eleven when the Wii came out. I don't remember. Like, <laughs> I think it was published. published normally. It wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like the U.S. where it was like only in the GameStop and there was super limited numbers. And even to this day, it's still a relatively expensive game to find. Yeah. Um, but it was published normally on Switch, so it makes sense. So not really surprising, Plus, but like, yeah. That's badass. Yeah, and like, plus it got the Smash Bros. bump, right? Like oh, When this yeah. game came out, no one knew what it was, and no one knew who Shulk was. And now, if you're a Nintendo fan, even if you've never played Xenoblade, uh, or, you know, any of the Xenoblade. You know fans, Shulk. Um, yeah, you know Shulk, and this is Shulk's game. So being yeah, like, oh, here's a great remaster of the Shulk game. Yeah, I'll try that out. <laughs> the Shulk totally game. Totally <laughs> makes sense. Totally makes sense. So, yeah, congrats. Um, great news. I love to see it. Maybe... Maybe I'll become one of those sales. Please. Judging on the price in on eBay, DJ, I think you're right. I think it was published normally in the in the UK. It's ranging anywhere from like twelve to a hundred pounds for like the collector's edition, but you can get it for like twelve quid for a fairly decent decent uh, quality copy. That's not bad. Uh, and then one other little thing uh, I wanted to just kind of like call out as I, I guess more of a PSA than anything, uh, which was we talked so, uh, over the last few months, honestly, but last week specifically about how Outer Worlds uh, Switch release was going to be coming out this week. And uh, Game Explain has thrown out a review and then Digital Foundry also did a breakdown. Um, and it's just not it's not looking good. Uh, you can we've got a link 
in below where you can check out one of the graphical comparisons. And it's just like it's it's just not good. It's like night and day different in terms of like you know uh, how much foliage is cut back. The colors are more muted. There's some frame loss. Like text just, just not even loading in places. Like in the digital foundry video, there was a sign they went up to, and it didn't load for like twenty seconds. Of yeah, I saw that. There. Yeah, that's it was wild. really really bad. <clears throat> it was like a ten to twenty second pop in. Yeah, it's um, just not. I mean. But, you know, if, if Switch is your only place to play this, which I can't imagine most people it is, I mean, yeah. you got to play it somewhere, especially because it's it's on sale literally everywhere else, like, all the time. Yeah, and it's, like, it's still a wonderful game. Like, I'm sure yeah. that, like, if, like, if DJ, like DJ said, this is the only way you have to play it, like, okay, like, I, it doesn't look, like, abysmal, but if you are, like, most Switch owners and have a other console or PC, like... I can't, I can't recommend playing it here based on what we're seeing here. You know, um, I feel like you're losing a lot of the character of the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real shame. I was, I was excited for this game to come to Switch when it was first announced. It was amazing to me that it was, it would even run. And um, to me, it's just, I think John from Game Explain when he tweeted about their video was like. Um, some games just shouldn't be on Switch. I think that was like his his take and his opinion was that, yeah, you can get it to run. And I know the the company behind the port, Virtuos, last week said they could get any current gen game yeah. to run on Switch. But if it runs like this, I don't want it. I'll I'll I pass mean, on that. There's the bar. I think I made a joke about that on our on our Discord, and I was like, this makes that claim a lot less impressive. <laughs> Massively less impressive. If, I've, if I'm going to play like Red Dead Two, and I've got to wait like 20 minutes for like a texture on the front of a saloon to load in before I can even real, figure out if it's the right but place. It, I need but to it go. runs, Steve. It oh, runs, yeah, okay. Though. Runs at like three frames a second that runs but i don't think you could say that it's playable yeah i, th I think cronius in our discord brought this up um and they said that this gives not necessarily credence but like a, a wanting of a new switch model because if this is how current gen games are going to run or even uh, if we even get next gen games uh we're going to need something a little bit beefier right yeah <laughs> Massively and so. I mean, like, we're not going to get next gen games. Yeah, we're like, no way. But they're going to try, and though. Like, it's going to want to get, like, the next Doom on Switch. They're not going to, though. Like, I don't. And I, honestly, like, I. Look. I'll, I'll, um, I'll happily eat crow if I'm wrong here. But I think. I think any of us who are expecting next gen games if outer worlds can't run on switch do not expect anything that's a ps5 or xbox series x game to run on switch like it's not gonna happen. and that's like, gonna hurt indies and whatever notwithstanding right but, right yeah i just i don't i don't think that that's at you're not gonna get the next gta because you're not even getting five <laughs> no no i i really don't i really don't think you you will but can. to be honest i don't think that matters to some extent like no what, it doesn't what current That's gen not why games people have, buy the switch. yeah exactly like what current gen games have we got on the switch we've had like um wolfenstein and doom, doom. And that's and that's really kind of it you know like you could count the witcher 3 but it's a very very early ps4 game it's it's not really a, a, the it's same the same level as like the outer, outer worlds is 
But even still, like you look at the outworlds, it barely, barely runs, and it doesn't. And that's look, not even that game was not even like a graphically no, it's impressive, not. marvelous game when it came out. Like it looks like an old game. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not. It doesn't look like say The Last of Us Two or uh, no. uh, God of War or that kind of ilk. It really does look like a, an earlier generation game. It kind of looks like Fallout Four to me. Like it's that on that yeah. caliber. It's not in super impressive, but it does look really good. Uh, or or like it looks like a late gen ps3 yes. game, or yeah. like you know where it's like okay like this still looks good but it's like it's it's rougher around the edges than you know yeah but the thing is if this was decided. like a late gen ps3 game that they ported it would have run great because <laughs> we're seeing that with with bioshock um so it's it's a shame well to be fair it. again bioshock was not late though like infinite i guess is kind of later but like I I uh I had I was having a conversation with Fowler's on Twitter earlier uh this week and he had mentioned something like that where he's like yeah like when you compare the Outer Worlds to the BioShock collection it's like you know it's like embarrassing and I was like well to be fair like BioShock all of them are much older and much more linear games than Outer Worlds right like or or some of those other examples like Bi- even BioShock Infinite it came out in 2011 and it's a straight line game like there's not branching paths there's not uh you know all these variables that you need to consider and like random generation of enemies and like most of it is like you go here and this scripted scene happens Mm -hmm. you know and like that's a way easier like thing in general to translate because you can focus on getting the minutiae right versus you know oh how do we make this so that you know like like with the outer worlds right like how many textures and stuff they've had to pop down and all that yeah, stuff I get that, of but like, like you can, too many enemies spawn the game you can compare crash. that you can compare that to other open world games that run on switch though like skyrim's flawless and again that's yeah that is a, a an earlier generation of the last of, of the last gen but bioshock infinite was actually 2013 that's the same year the last of us 13? came out and like the last of us looks in- incredible um, and I think it, you could potentially get something like that to run on Switch, but again, that is more of a, a more linear game. I just think The Witcher Three to me looks better than the way The Outer Worlds does on Switch, and even that was a step too far for me. I I didn't enjoy it because it was too rough around the edges on Switch. The like the blur, the way that like um, what's it called? Like The Witcher Sense, where it does that weird like fish eye the effect. The fish eye, but it it was terrible. It didn't really work well on Switch. It was like a really really rough effect. Stuff like that, you could really tell where they had to like nip and tuck to make it even run on the hardware. Um, potentially with a patch, I know there was like rumor that there was another patch coming, but I think they confirmed today that the review copy already had the patch to yeah. fix the Outer Worlds, but we'll have to wait and see if something else comes and improves the, the pop-in. Yeah, you know, I, I, oh. I, I shudder to think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, let's jump into the mail pot. Uh, we've got some questions here, uh, to, to, to chew on for the end of the show here. So our first one comes from uh, Asobi over, uh, he wrote into me just like you can at Pete at Lupots.com. Uh, and he says, Hey there, Potsheads. Here are, my, here are my questions for this week. What's your favorite video game soundtrack? Persona 5 or um, I really love Stardew Valley mm. and probably number one, Katamari Damacy. Solid picks. Um, I, I generally lean on Undertale. 
Um, <clears throat> Pokemon, uh, both Gens 1 and 2, which are the two that were composed by Masuda. Uh, I mean, Legend of Zelda and Mario as, like, series in general have fantastic music. Um, Animal Crossing is another one that I, I really, really love those soundtracks. Uh, I definitely am, like, more fond of the, like, chippy stuff you know um that those are the stuff that i feel like really always strike a chord with me but playing persona now for the first time yeah persona is definitely like on its way up that list that is a fucking killer soundtrack um and then obviously like shout outs to like tony hawk which is like different because it's music oh yeah music, see but, like add, i would add those crazy soundtracks taxi are so important to those games add crazy taxi to that list and i'm there <laughs> yeah, dude. It's all it's all the it's all the offspring from like their best period. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely rocks. What about you, DJ? Um, I think my favorite's probably the original Splatoon. Really, really good. Nice. That's solid, yeah. I'm just gonna go with a general Animal Crossing. Just, you know, it's all good. And probably probably Xenoblade. Xenoblade's up there, the original. It's really, really, really good. I'll give a, a shout out. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but uh, Final Fantasy VII R, which I just played earlier this year, mm. also has a fucking great soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, number two, what are your most treasured gaming memories? And uh, he he put a two point one and a two point two, which are from your childhood and then from recent years. Ooh. Okay. From from my childhood, one that I one that springs to mind and I remember is um, my dad. Uh, it was 2005, so it was like we were going to go and get an Xbox 360. And they'd sold out everywhere in the UK. So my dad had bought one on eBay. And we <laughs> drove three hours from Bristol down to Plymouth to go pick it up from this guy at like 9 o'clock at night. Um, and he like had like three or four of them in his garage. And like dad like handed him cash. It felt like this real sketchy, shady deal. Yeah. And then we had to like wait. Like we knew it was there in the corner of the room. And we had to wait like two weeks until Christmas before we could open it. And then like opening it up on Christmas and like seeing like Perfect Dark Zero for like the first time being played. It like blew my mind that we'd like jumped from like playing 13 on the Xbox to oh, wow, look at the Xbox 360. It's like this HD thing. But like that yeah. whole trip down, like my dad didn't tell me what we were going to get he didn't tell me i only saw when he like got it out of the the garage and like put it into the car and, like we were so i was like oh, oh my god xbox 360 uh so i'm trying to th like i have a few good ones um that that i i haven't told on the show uh one of them i know i i told on stream recently but a lot of people like they said i hadn't told it on the show so i'll share this one here and this is a good nintendo one um when Smash Brothers Brawl came out on uh, the Wii, um, I I went on like an epic adventure to go pick the game up. So I had three friends with me. Uh, we collected a huge stack of games and my original Xbox that we were gonna trade in, and then I had a big jar of change. So we're walking. We're like we walked because we were too young. None of us had a car, and we're walk. We walk and got all of this change turned into bills. Went to a Taco Bell. I bought like 30 tacos and we all just inhaled like 10 tacos each or whatever. And uh, we walked to the mall then from there and we get there and there's this crowd of like probably 50 to 75 people, a bunch of which are in costume, all lined up outside the mall in a mob like waiting to get smashed. And there was a dude in a Link costume with an ocarina. Like, we all sang the Pokemon theme song in a crowd. Like, it was just so silly. And we finally get in. We've been waiting for, like, an hour. And we get in. 
uh, and I'm like, oh, I have these games to trade in. And they're like, what? Like you? And I was like, oh, is that not cool? And they're like, no, but we're going to do it anyway. So they start doing it. All the people behind me are getting pissed. The people like doing it are angry. It was like, oh, this is a mistake, but whatever. And I ended up getting so much trade-in credit that I didn't even need to have cashed in the money that we cashed in earlier. So I was like, all right, I'll take the game and have like $80 in GameStop <laughs> credit. Whatever, let's leave. Oh, my God. So we walk home, and we played Smash until the sun came up, and it was just great night. That's Absolutely awesome. Great. That's very, very cool. Uh, and I'm trying to think of one from recent years. For, for <sighs> recent years for me, like the the biggest one that stands out is like when I got my Switch. And I've told the story before about how like Zelda mm-hmm. came first and like I was just sat there with the box and then I needed to go pick up my Switch. But playing that the first time and then like going and putting it into the dock and like pulling the controllers off and then like you walk out onto the Great Plateau and you're like... It does that, and like, the camera spans out, and you see absolutely yeah. everything. That was a fucking awesome memory. I really, really like, just fo- super fondly remember that, and I will, I think, forever just remember that. I think uh, another good one I have with the Switch. Now that you bring it up, is I remember um, when it was still very new, like maybe a week old. Like I took it to the bar that me and my friends used to go to every month, or every Monday rather, and uh, we were friends with the bartender. And I was like, hey, if I bring my Switch, can I hook it up and we play some Mario Kart? And we just, like, played Mario Kart in the bar. Oh, that's for, cool. For, like, a few hours. Absolute blast. That was another great night. Another one I remember is, like, I was in uh, – I took my Switch. It was, again, when it wasn't um, – it was, like, fairly fairly fresh. And I took it to the mount. And there was, um, there was like, a kid who was, like, just sat a few uh, seats down from me, and he kept trying to see what it was and what I was playing and was, like, trying to look over my shoulder and see him, see him what I was playing, which was really fun. Uh, and I just remember, like, he must have been like, wow, oh, that's a Switch. So, yeah, that was that was a fun one as well. By you, DJ, you got any good ones? Yeah, I, th- I think from from childhood is probably beating my brother in Soul Calibur on the PS2. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> And recent years is probably, um, like, what got me into gaming was my grandmother had a Super Nintendo and a Genesis at her house when uh, she would use to babysit me. And she, uh, within the past, I think it was, like, a year or two ago, um, gave me the Genesis. So, like, that means a lot to me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never getting rid of that. Like, it's the one, like, the controllers. Like, those are the controllers that me and my brother and all the people she used to babysit, we all would, Mm -hmm. like, play together. So, that means a lot. Actually, yeah. Can you? Can you? You guys can probably see behind me, not listeners, because we don't have a video version of this. Yeah. My Game Boy on the shelf. That's my original Game Boy right there. Yeah, I love. I that. sold mine when I was a kid. I Most sold people mine did. when I got my when I got my Game Boy Advance. The color was gone. I was like, "Fuck off." Yeah. But I, I really could. regret. <laughs> really regret it. I had, never got rid of your hardware. I think as I said before on the on the show, I had that like this giant Game Boy case. It was like you put the Game Boy in this. In this, it was like this and it big, looked like a Game Boy. It was Boy, like this right? big, yeah. It was like this big, giant plastic purple Game Boy, and you put your Game Boy in it, and then like all the games like clicked in, and you could have like your accessories. Like all the accessories you used to get for the Game Boy was so stupid. I had this what thing. Like, that what, had like a what big, a market, right? I know it was crazy. It was this thing, and it put you put it on, and then you pulled it out, and it was like a magnifying glass with like this lot, like I had that pathetic, the pathetic little yeah. light that was shining on the screen. The worm, the light. worm light. Yeah, oh, the I worm light was terrible as well. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's like, so oh, I really bad. want to see when I'm in, in, in my bed. It's like, no, you ain't seeing absolutely nothing with that. 
it's funny. I remember uh, I I <laughs> I had my parents. Um, they bought me like a light to stick. I had like a bunk bed when I was a kid, but it it had, didn't have a bunk on the bottom. It had like a little like cave area. But so I was like elevated, and it was so high that like I, if I wanted to read at night, I needed a light. And I was like, can I get a light so I can read? And when I wanted to play games after. <laughs> Like dark, no. I would just I would just pull a blanket over it so that and I would just illuminate the entire under the blanket and just keep rocking. That's genius. <laughs> That's absolutely genius. It was yeah, it was it was a time. All right, so this one uh, this one comes from that doc guy over on Discord. He's one of our patrons. He says, "Why do you think Nintendo has been so silent regarding Breath of the Wild two? Is it a case of working to get things done so no time to really publicize it, or maybe it's just in such slow development?" I feel like when it was announced, it probably wasn't far along or that far along. I don't know. I really don't because I, I was, I remember pixel making the prediction then of like, maybe it's 2020 and thinking that didn't seem crazy because there's an engine, there's an art style. Like there's a lot of preliminary work that doesn't necessarily need to go into a sequel. Um, you know, you have a lot of assets that you can reuse and stuff. So, like, I was hoping it would be a quicker turnaround. My thought now is the reason we haven't heard of it, heard about it, is because they don't know what they're doing with it. You know, I think if it was planned for 2020, it's probably not anymore. And, you know, we saw how a lot of releases have been pushed back this year. Nintendo's gone very quiet the last couple months because I think the future probably looks a little uncertain for them right now in terms of, like, releasing software. So I think the reason we're not hearing about it is because I would guess that Nintendo is very, very gun-shy about announcing things that they're not confident they can put out now because of what an embarrassment Metroid Prime 4 was for them. You know, that like announced it, talked about it, had to cancel it and restart it and make an apology video like... I don't think we'll ever see that long of a lead time on an announcement again from that. Especially family. Zelda. Um, no. Or or anything that's like a, a tentpole series like that. But yeah, especially for like a Breath of the yeah, Wild. Yeah, like too. compare Zelda to Metroid. Like Metroid's big, but Zelda's big. Yeah. Zelda's an institution. So I think if anything, if, if, they're, if they're not confident that they can hit the fall now because they don't know what shipping's going to be like or the team has lost a certain number of months because they weren't equipped to work from home or whatever, like whatever the, the reasoning is, I imagine they lost a couple months and now they're probably just like, we're going to release it next year. Yeah. I, I think there's, there's still a distinct possibility we could hear more about this month. You know, I, I think I do think it was probably going to be a big E3 reveal. Yeah, and we would I definitely have, agree. We would have seen like a release date. I don't think that it will be coming in 2020. If you think back to the trailer, it didn't even have a name. It was just a sequel to Breath of the Wild is now in development. It was just like a pre-rendered yeah. trailer. There was nothing that really they really gave away. And I know Pixel did like a big breakdown video on it, but I don't think there was really a lot to be found in that video uh, in that trailer. Um but I, I definitely agree with you. I do think they're gun-shy, and they have been since uh, Metroid Prime 4. My question is less about Breath of the Wild 2. It's like, where the hell's Bayonetta? Like, they announced that when? Thank like, you. Must must be like years three ago? years ago now. It must have been like the, the year of Switch release. Like it was Game Awards 2017, I believe. Platinum announced and released a new game in that time. <laughs> two, yeah, they've two. released two new really? games. Yeah. They've done Wonderful 101 and... Um, uh, Astral Chain. 
Maybe what one, and one, one, I one and a half. Yeah, because that's like a port. It's like, whatever, fine. And a lot like, of that was done that and the apparently the whole... Smaller yeah. undertaking, right? Mm-hmm. But like, Astral Train is an entirely new, from the ground up IP that they ideated and developed. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? And it's like, we... I don't know. It's weird. Like, I imagine something happened. Like, it probably... They hit a wall and we're like, this isn't fun. We need to... I think. I think they just... I think they just announced it too early. Like, I think they announced it as soon as it was in pre-pro and, like, they must have been, like, you know, just getting started or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because cause three years isn't a long time to develop a game. It's weird that all we saw was a logo and then now that we haven't seen or heard anything at all. That's what's weird. Yeah. But it's like, weird about, for like, Nintendo because they usually announce it fairly close to release it's usually right. within a year that they'll mm-hmm. announce and then release something and you'll see like a direct maybe two three months ahead of release where they like reveal all and i think i think it's worth pointing out like why it was different because <clears throat> in both of the examples that we're citing right now with metroid prime and bayonetta 3 those were both things that were announced alongside the switch's reveal because i think nintendo wanted to assuage people's fears uh, that there would be a software drought because that was always the problem with Nintendo home consoles for the last two generations, right? Is that, like, there's no games on Wii. There's no games on Wii U. Or there's no good games on Wii, right? And there's no games on Wii U. Um, and regardless of the truth to that or not, whatever, right? Like, I'm not here to have that debate. That's the perception, or that was the perception. And I think Nintendo was like, hey, the Switch is a new age for Nintendo. We are appealing to core gamers. We are going to have a Zelda and a Mario for you year one. We are going to have a new Pokemon game and a new Fire Emblem in the next year. We are going to have Metroid Prime 4 and Bayonetta 3 and this and this and this and this. And I think that was them selling you on the Switch and on the future of the Switch and like their vision for what it was. And I think that's why they were so bold. And I think it bit them in the ass. And I think that's why we won't see them do it again. Because, like, you look at Sony, right? Like, every major PS4 game was announced within, like, the first two years of the PlayStation 4's existence, right? Like, we saw Horizon and God of War and Spider-Man and all and Last of Us and all these games that are coming out now or have been coming out in the last, like, two or so years, like, four, five, six years ago in some cases. So I, I don't think it's a problem of, like, announcing a game too early but like when you announce it and then give us nothing people start making up their own stories and how could you not assume that there's something going on right because why wouldn't we have heard of it then why isn't there a teaser why isn't there an interview about it anything but i also think we're we have skewed views as westerners because we expect a certain amount of communication and like japanese developers don't offer that same level of uh, insight all the time. You know, like, Nintendo plays their cards way closer to their chest than a lot of their competitors. So, I don't know. Uh, next question is from Left Eye Lazy, who's a- another one of our Patreon supporters, who says, what music has been getting you through the quarantine and what game pairs well with it? Mm. Uh, so right now... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so this week, uh, Lady Gaga's new album dropped. 
And I have been absolutely loving that. There's some absolute bangers on that um, album. Nice. You should check it out if you haven't. Um, but I've been listening to like a huge mix of stuff. Like um, there's this uh, small British band called Fickle Friends, who I really, really love. I'd recommend checking them out. Um, the Midnight are my, one of my favorite bands, and they're releasing their new album in July. So I've been kind of listening to a lot of them. And those are really like the, the main things. Games that pair with it. I don't listen to music when I play games. Um, almost exclusively, I just have the sound of the game I'm playing, and I very rarely listen to music. I'll only listen to music if it's a game like Picross or a puzzle game or something like that. But I won't. Um, I won't ever uh, listen to music for something like Bioshock. Yeah, I generally agree with you. Um, I will still answer this question though. Uh, right now, I've been listening to Jeff Rosenstock's new album, No Dream. Uh, it is a phenomenal punk rock record, um, probably my favorite of the year right now. And yeah, I generally also don't listen to music while I game um, unless I'm doing something like grindy, you know, like if I'm playing like, or like, you know, if I'm playing like League of Legends or something that's like, I'm just playing for the loop and like I've played it a million times and there's nothing to them. Like, I don't love the music or something like that. Sometimes I'll pop on music, but it's not something I'm doing regularly, but uh, I know you're a Jeff Rosenstock fan, Matt, so if you haven't checked out No Dream, um, I think you have. I'm pretty sure I've seen you posting about it, but everyone should listen to it. Jeff Rosenstock is probably the best person making punk rock right now. TJ, anything? Yeah, see, I find it interesting that people will put on like different music than what's in a game while they're playing a game, because I've never yeah. done that. Like I've always... Me neither. I can't do it. Yeah, I, I, the you know. The only thing I can do is like the the closest thing I can get to that is listening to a podcast when I'm playing something that doesn't have dialogue. Yeah, that's and like right. I could have that on because it's not I've overlapping. With I've done like a YouTube music. video. Yeah, something yeah, like that. but there's no way I could do music while playing a game. Yeah, it really depends on what I'm playing, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's fair. I I lean more towards like playing games like music in a game like a good soundtrack is what draws me to a game it's like a big pillar of that That's part of the game yeah so i i tend more to enjoy the music in the game than play something else personally yeah that's generally how i operate all right so this is our last question for the week uh and i'm gonna call it our main topic <laughs> so uh this one comes from our own chewy plays uh who asks do you think Nintendo needs Nintendo Directs at this point, or should they commit to just stealth dropping announcements on Twitter? What are the pros and cons of each? Which would you prefer? Do you want a mix of both? Um, I, I don't think Nintendo needs Nintendo Directs. Um, I think that's evidenced by what's happening right now, where like they haven't really been producing them, and I don't necessarily think it's like hurting them. But I think that the Directs are were and are a brilliant part of Nintendo's PR strategy. They work. Um, yeah, they work. And competition's they copying are an it. Event. Right. The competition's copying it, and they're always an event, right? Like, when there's not a new Direct, we're asking, when's the next Direct? What could be in the next Direct? And when you know that one's coming, the, you know, the gaming world stops to pay attention. Um, that's powerful, and I don't think Nintendo should move away from that. And I don't think that shadow dropping announcements on Twitter has the same uh, heat at all. Um, I think that there are pros to that strategy, though. And I think the idea of a mix of both is the way to go. Because I look at how Nintendo and the Pokemon company handled promotion of like 
uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon, for example, or and to a lesser degree, Sword and Shield, where it's like, okay, cool, there's a big direct that has most of the news, and then if you're like a huge fucking nerd and you care about minutia, there'll be a Twitter post or video or something. Animal Crossing has been doing the same thing. Um, I think that's the way to do it, right? Where if somebody gives a shit about like, oh, uh, in this update, like we've changed you know, the timing on auto saves or, oh, like, here's how this competitive item is going to work for competitive battles or whatever. Like, those are things that you can get away with in a Twitter announcement, and they're things that kill the momentum of a direct. Um, but when you're talking about, like, Pokemon reveals, like, or, you know, like, here's a new gameplay mechanic or here's a new look at a new title or whatever, like, I think you want the gravitas of the direct. And it gives things that people don't really care about a bump. Like, if you see an indie game in a direct alongside a Smash Bros or a Pokemon or a Mario or whatever, that indie has more weight in your eyes. Something like Golf Story wouldn't have gotten the same buzz if it didn't get a push yeah. at a direct. Yeah. Period. Yeah. It wouldn't. That's, that's definitely, definitely true. I, I've always thought they went hand in hand pretty well. Like, I never saw it as one or the other. I always saw it as you have your direct, that has an audience, and that's usually the core audience who, like, pay attention and know that a direct's coming, which also typically get announced on Twitter. Right. Usually get that Twitter announcement that there's a direct coming. And then, you know, like you said, you get the announcement in the direct and then you also get the uh, simultaneous trailer with the, oh, check out this new adventure in this franchise, da 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 and you get that, you know, clip from the direct. So to me, they've always... Yeah, and everyone game. tweets those out then. Yeah. And it like it, it, they feed into each other. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it should go one way or another. I think they've always worked well together. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd like to see the directs stay. I actually do think Nintendo will kind of find themselves needing them as the competition has basically um, clocked on to how important they have been for Nintendo. Like if PlayStation's got State of Play and Xbox has Inside Xbox and then Nintendo decides to drop the directs, I kind of think that you'd have the hype on the PlayStation and the Xbox stuff. If they're going to be announcing like cross-platform games, like an indie will probably be swayed more towards, oh, I'll, I'll keep my announcement, and I'll do it on Sony State of Play, or I'll do it on Inside Xbox, that kind of thing. Whereas traditionally, Nintendo's been uh, very indie-centric. They've done like um, indie showcases specifically for indie games. And like, that's where things like Untitled Goose Game were announced which has become like a huge like phenomenon it was like all over twitch it was like it was would that awesome. game have gotten that same bump if it wasn't featured uh, no in i don't I, direct? I don't think i really so. don't think so uh, i think it would have had some clout because it's published by the same um company that uh published firewatch so it's automatically got like some kind of credence but uh, i i completely agree with you i don't think it would have had anywhere near um, the same level and like when you see games you know announced in the same video as breath of the wild 2's coming it's um it's it's pretty heavy hitting yeah 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 it makes you pay attention um and like i'm someone who likes indie games a lot but i don't necessarily think i'm the best at discovering them like i'm i'm not that guy i'm not the guy who's gonna go scan uh, the new releases page and be like, this looks interesting. Let me jump into this. Like I, I, but I do pay attention to stuff that's curated in that way where it's like, you know, you watch a direct and there's games that stand out to you and it's like, Oh, that's on my radar now. Right. And like, I bought untitled goose game day one because I knew about it and I was looking forward to it. Like I'm going to buy skateboard day one because I saw it in a direct and I was like, that looks great. I want to play it. So, you know, I think, 
I think I think the directs are an important part of Nintendo's brand. I really do. And and I think um, they've evolved over time. And I think like there's a reason the competition is is following. You know, there's a reason that people are trying to do what they're doing. It's one of the few things that Nintendo is actually ahead of the game on when it comes to, you know, um, I don't know. I guess like like forward thinking moves because I think we often criticize Nintendo for not being forward thinking enough. And I think like they were um, absolute trendsetters when it comes to Nintendo directs. Yeah. Yeah. Like when it comes to their online, for example, like they've always been, you know, one step Step or two step behind. Yeah. Or now five. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, but in this case, this, yeah, this is where, where they're, they're ahead for sure. Or like power general. Talk to their audience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that goes a long way in engendering goodwill towards the towards the brand too. Mm-hmm. So I hope they don't move away from them. I really think that would be a mistake. So thanks everybody who wrote in for the mailpot segment this week. Um, again, if you want to get your thoughts right on the air, you can hit me up at pete at loopots.com. You can go join our Discord and uh, contribute to the Potscast channel. And uh, we often throw up a weekly thread on our Twitter, uh, at Lupots, on Thursdays before we record the show. So if you want to get your thoughts read, just like all these fine folks did, uh, that's a great way to do it. If you want to get some more content from us, remember, head over to Lupots.com, head over to the YouTube channel, head over to twitch.tv slash Lupots, where we're streaming every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. Uh, and last but not least, again, if you want to go above and beyond, head over to Patreon.com slash Lupots. Hit us at that $1 level. You'll get access to After Dark. Uh, which is our patron-exclusive show where we talk about stuff outside the world of video games. Um, But uh, like I said at the top, this week we'll actually be having a free episode, uh, so go check it out. So with that, it's the end of the show. Bye. Love you. Stay safe. Stay sane. Uh, Be well. Be good. Be kind.